You are listening to an Awkward Human podcast. For more information on this podcast or all of our shows, visit awkwardhuman.com slash shows. Welcome back to Interview with a Comic Book Nerd. It's a new week. Actually, you know what, you guys? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm Richard Cardenas. Hey, it's your host. Hey, um, so you're going to hear some clickety-clacketing. That's the dog. He likes walking around because the, the cat stole his bed. And um, so he can't lay down right now. <laughs> so he's just click-a-clacking around. But anyway, welcome to the show. Uh, you guys, I did something that was very silly. I lost track of time um <laughs> i know it's been like um, probably over three weeks at this point but uh yeah no i had no idea that uh time had passed and that it was time for a new episode so sorry that this is late <laughs> my apologies up front but we are back we are here we are gonna do this all right so there's actually a lot uh a lot of stuff to get through but the first thing that we're gonna get through is the recap um, let me see. I just got to open my little things, my little notes here so I don't forget anything. But how are you guys? How are you guys doing? Uh, Super Mario Odyssey just came out. I haven't played it yet because, um, you know, I buy a lot of games and Papa's on a budget this week. Uh, ew, Papa. Uh, but anyway, are you guys played it? How do you like it? What about South Park? The stick? Of no, sorry. That's the original South Park. The whole butt fractured. Uh, the the whole the butthole. Wait, what? The fractured butthole. There you go. Jesus, you guys. What a what a long journey it took to get there. Uh, yeah, I haven't played that one either because, um, like I said, this week I'm on a budget, <laughs> so I haven't got any new games. But I did beat uh Mario plus Rabbids, Mario and Rabbids. What do they What do they call that? Anyway, I beat that. That was a fun game. If you guys have a Switch and you're thinking about getting it or not getting it or whatever, like I definitely recommend it. It's such a silly game. It is lovely. But I think I might have talked about it in a previous episode. Anyway, um, let's get into the uh, the review. Not the review. It's a recap. Let's get into the recap. All right. So, you guys, this week I decided to go with Wonder Woman uh, Volume 2, Issue Number 6. This is from the New 52. I don't think that I read anything from this series yet. I could be completely wrong, but I was put onto this uh, series or this run of Wonder Woman from the uh, fake nerd guys. Uh, and I absolutely love this run. Um, I know a lot of people are very down on the new 52. I have actually not read anything other than this run for Wonder Woman. Actually, that's a lie. I read a little bit of Rebirth, but it was way too fucking confusing because it kept going back and forth between between like her leaving the island for the first time or something and getting her memory back or searching for her her purpose i don't know <laughs> every other issue was a continuation of the story so it was like issue 1 was the past issue 2 was the present issue 3 was the past issue 4 was the present and it was just like too much for me uh, so i stopped reading that but i did get about like 6 or 7 issues in uh, it was okay for me, but it, it was just too much. So anyway, I am absolutely loving this run. And I wanted to recap this one because, or review, recap? Yeah, recap this one because uh, it, I don't know, this story like just like hit something for me, I guess. But anyway, let's get into it. So issue number six of the New 52 run of Wonder Woman. This uh, is written by Brian Azzarello. Art is by Tony Atkins. 
inks by Dan Green, colors by Matthew Wilson, and letters by Jared K. Fletcher. Hey, guess what? Didn't fuck up a name. <laughs> All right. So let me just put it out there. And I know I've said this before, but I hate that DC trades don't tell you which issue you're running. I mean, sorry, that you're reading. Um, I don't know why they do this, but it's so annoying. Like almost every other uh, trade that I read from other publishers, they have the issue number that you're about to read. But for whatever reason, DC doesn't do it. And I think it's because they want to show you the cover art without any of the uh, anything written on it, any any like issue number, just like just the cover art. And that's cool and all, but like, let's let me know what issue it is. <laughs> it makes it easier when I'm trying to get my shit together for this. <laughs> but anyway, all right, so let's get into it. We open up. This is the first issue in volume two, by the way, uh, volume two called Guts. Um, so we open up in Italy and we see a man and we don't have a name for him. So we'll just call him man a, uh, so he's chasing another guy, which we will come to know as Eros or Cupid, which is his other name. Um, he's the son of Aphrodite and Ares. Uh, anyway, he's chasing Cupid or sorry, Eros. Uh, and he's complaining about how this other guy, let's call the other guy man B. So Man A is complaining to Eros about Man B, who won't leave him alone. And Man B has become, like, obsessed. And Eros says that he did Man A a favor, but now Man A wants Eros to reverse what he did. But Eros, like, shuts him down and basically tells him to get lost. Also, Eros is barefoot. <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing that that this god does. <laughs> he just walks around barefoot, but... Um, yeah, he, he's barefoot and they like make it very known that he's barefoot. But anyway, eventually Wonder Woman shows up with Hermes and he's the messenger of the gods and Lennox is also with them. Lennox is Wonder Woman's half brother who can turn to stone or something. Um, I forget, but he was introduced in the first volume, uh, helping out Wonder Woman. Uh, he is basically helping her with the mission to get this woman back from Hades who is pregnant with Wonder Woman's little brother uh, because she and Zeus had an affair and she got pregnant by him. Uh, all right, so they tell Eros they need a favor and he's like, sure, of course, your family. So they're all catching up and telling Eros that Hades and Poseidon were supposed to team up against Hera who is trying to kill um, the woman who's pregnant. And... Hera's in charge of the skies because Zeus is either dead or missing. It's unclear at this point which one it is. I think they all assume that he's dead, but they don't really understand how that happened. But Hades and Poseidon want uh, the heavens basically for themselves. And they gang up on Hera and basically tear her down. But in the process, Hades kidnaps Zola, who's the pregnant woman. Um, so they tell Eros that... They need a weapon from Hephaestus, who runs a mine under a jewelry shop that I guess Eros runs. Uh, Hephaestus says they need more than weapons to get Zola back. By the way, Hephaestus is like the god of the forgery. Like he forges um, weapons and stuff. And he was Hera's son, I believe. So anyway, um, Wonder Woman is complimenting his work in basically creating her lasso of truth and he's like girl no that is not a weapon and he pulls out this crazy whip and like breaks a wall with it and he's like this is a weapon and you should take it but she politely declines because who's in their right like who in their right mind would would trade in the lasso of truth right you know uh, so while they are taking a tour of the forge uh, a huge lava monster comes up and attacks eating one of the forgers and they're all like, okay, 
clearly Hades sent this to us to like attack us. Hephaestus jumps into the battle, but he's chomped down by the demon thing. And Wonder Woman jumps into action and pulls down this huge thing of, I guess it's water, onto the lava creature. And it basically like uh, turns into hard stone or whatever. And she whips her lasso at it and completely destroys it. And Wonder Woman turns to Hephaestus and is, Hephaestus and is like, yeah. My lasso did that. Now what? So one of the forgers approaches um, to report that two of the forgers have died. And Hephaestus asks them to prepare the bodies to be burned in the forge. Um, I guess it's sort of like a ceremony to commemorate the forgers who have died there. Uh, so Wonder Woman is taken aback because she thought that the forgers were automatons. And Eros is like, no, they're all brothers. And Hephaestus clarifies to Diana, they are your brothers. They are the male children of the Amazons. And Diana's like, oh, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? So Hephaestus tells Diana that three times a century, the Amazons leave the island and find a ship filled with men. They basically climb aboard and they just have sex with the men and get pregnant. And after they're done, they kill the men and toss them into the sea. So then nine months later, a baby is born. And if it's a girl, they celebrate. And if it's a boy, they used to just kill them, but now they trade them to Hephaestus for weapons. Um, so Hephaestus then takes the boys in and he raises them to work in his forge. And Diana is like kind of angry about this because she's like basically thinks that this is kind of like slave trade. Like, okay, so you provide them weapons, but you get slaves in return and they all have to like work for you. Uh, so later that night, Lennox goes to Diana's room to check on her and she's got a plan to rescue the men working in the forge. So they sneak into Feistus's room, steal his hammer and tie him up in the lasso of truth. He and Diana have an exchange where she tells him the truth is her weapon. And he returns with, no, your weapon is intimidation. You blame the rope. And that's the truth. So she grabs him and throws him through the wall, screaming like, get up brothers something she never thought she'd say, but that it brings her joy. Like, you know, she's always had sisters and she always thought that only women were born there because of like divine intervention or whatever. So she's like happy that she's able to say like, let's get together brothers. And she tries to rally them by talking of like rising as warriors, but she immediately stops because what she sees is kind of shocking to her. The men are gathering around Hephaestus to protect him. They tell her that without him, they would have been drowned as babies. Hephaestus didn't want them to have the rejection he had from Hera when she threw him into the ocean as a baby. He gave them their lives back. He taught them the artistry of weapon forging, and they're happy there. So Diana releases Hephaestus and is, like, filled with this, like, sorrow and this, like, she just doesn't know what to do with herself because of what she just did. And Hephaestus tells her to get some rest because tomorrow she can go to hell. And it's kind of like he's saying, bitch, go to hell. But but he's also saying, like, you need to rest up because you're literally going to hell tomorrow to fight Hades. And he leaves her standing there with her hands on her face and she's crying. And that's how the story ends or that's how the issue ends. And the reason I wanted to talk about that one was because it, it kind of... It's like it shows you how you can come into a situation and see something and completely interpret it the wrong way. You know, she went into this 
this forgery. She saw all these men working there and she thought, oh, these are slaves because he's literally trading them in or trading for them by giving the Amazons weapons. And then he raises them to work here. And like, she's like, that's completely wrong. Like you are doing that. She didn't talk to anyone there. She just immediately went to this is slave trade. And, you know, as we learn, the truth is no, that they are so thankful for being here. And it's true, like without Hephaestus showing them the artistry of weapon making, they would have died. And it, I don't I mean, who knows? Maybe there are some of the men there that don't actually want to be working in, in his, you know, forgery. Maybe they want to be doing something else. Maybe they want to, I don't know, be an actor. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, we don't get that, but we get the, we do get to learn that they are actually happy here and they actually want to be doing this. And so she's just like, oh shit, I jumped into this situation, completely misread it. And like, I think it's because she has this overconfidence. You know, she's usually going out there rescuing people from these evil people. And she completely misinterpreted this whole situation. You know, she thought, oh, okay, Hephaestus is the bad guy in this situation. I'm going to rescue these people who don't actually want to be rescued. And I think it just throws her completely off because she's like, well, fuck. Like, I guess... I haven't read further. Maybe they'll talk about it more. Maybe they won't. I don't know. But in my eyes, the way I interpret it is that she might be thinking like, God, how many times do I go out there rescuing people who may not even want to be rescued? That's probably not the, narr the narrative that we're going to be getting. But, you know, it makes you think a little bit um, that a lot of people might might just look at a situation and completely misread it. Uh, and so it, it might help to just like talk about the situation a little bit and, and find out what the truth is. So, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm really happy with this run of the new 52 Wonder Woman. It's super old. I think it started like in 2011 or something like that, but yeah, uh, I'm enjoying it. Um, the only other new 52 run that I've ever read. Oh, actually that's a lie. There are two. I read Catwoman, which I didn't care about too much. Like, I enjoyed the first volume, but then some weird, crazy, demonic stuff started happening, and I was, like, completely lost, so I just stopped reading it. But then other than that one, I read The Birds of Prey, which I really, really enjoyed up until one of them betrayed the group. <laughs> so I, after that, I was like, uh, what? But anyway, so, yes, the new 52 so far, I don't hate it, but I've only read three runs. <laughs> so we'll see how how that goes. Um, let's talk a little bit about the news and stuff. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff that ha happened in the past three weeks. So I'm just going to go a little bit down the line and talk a little bit about a little bit of everything. So the first thing that I'm going to talk about is the new mutants trailer. So this dropped about two or three weeks ago. And here's what I'll say. I am liking that Fox is taking different directions with their X-Men films. Like they made Logan into a Western action film. And now there is this like psychological paranormal horror that they're doing with the new mutants. And I think it all started with Deadpool. Basically they let Deadpool be a rated R movie, but you know, I think there was like a lot of pushback on that one, but Anyway, it became this rated R movie. It became this like straight up comedy action adventure kind of movie. And it was different than what they had originally been doing with, you know, the X-Men and the Fantastic Four. And so I think starting with Deadpool, they were like, okay, I guess we'll do this. And then with Logan making it a Western and now making this movie 
New Mutants, this psychological horror. And I think it's amazing. And I'll talk a little bit after uh, about that after I talk about this trailer. So I say psychological because I'm hoping that um, Danielle Moonstar will be utilizing her powers like crazy, whether on purpose or not. But I uh, because, you know, she has the ability to bring people's greatest desires and their greatest fears out. And I feel like that would be a huge thing to play on this. And I think obviously they're going to be going with the 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 um, what is it called? Demon bear story. I, I mean, I think that's what's assumed here. And I think they've actually even said that. But anyway, I think it would be very interesting because it looks like they're all like in this mental institution or something <laughs> to that nature. And I feel like her powers are going to be playing a lot into this whole thing. But anyway, I'm liking this trailer so far. I'm really into it. I'm a little sad that Shan is not going to be in this movie. Uh, I don't think I realized that she wasn't going to be a character, but, you know, it's fine. They've got magic on the team, and I'm interested to see how they portray her because her backstory is really fucked up. I haven't actually read the Magic miniseries, but I know the story, and uh, yeah. <laughs> the badass thing to do is to give us a little flashback or maybe like some kind of mind fuck where she sees Alexandra's ship, you know, Storm from uh, X-Men Apocalypse, maybe training her or something. Basically, as a little girl, magic was trapped in limbo and she was taught magic by an alternate universe version of Storm. Um, I know that probably isn't going to happen in this film, but I think that would be pretty awesome because I think that's a, a huge part of who magic is. You know, like she went, she lived there for, I think, like what, five or six, excuse me, five or six years uh, learning magic from this, this storm character. And I don't know, just like a flashback of, of that would be absolutely cool. But anyway, as I said, I'm really liking the direction that Fox has been going with their, with their, with their X-Men stuff because they can do this. Like no one said that an X-Men film has to be exactly what they've been doing for the past, like seven or eight films that they've done with X-Men and, you know, changing up the genre. It's really working for them. It, It feels more fresh and it, and it just, it breathes a little bit more light into life, into what they're doing. Um, so I know a lot of people are upset about this because they're all like, what the fuck is this? But I, however, am really excited, one, because I love horror films, and two, I love X-Men, and I love superpowers, and I love superhero movies, and to change it up like this is, I think, it, it's really great. It's kind of the way I felt about uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. Like, that one, to me, felt more of, like, an espionage film uh, versus just a regular superhero movie, and I really enjoyed that aspect of just slightly putting in a new genre into the superhero uh, mix. And yeah, so I think, I hope that this film is successful because I feel like there are so many other things that they can go into. Even if they gave us like a like a romantic comedy, <laughs> I don't know who would be in that. But I think that would be interesting to see. I think it's like worth taking these risks because there is so much you can do. Anyway, enough about the new mutants. Now I'm going to talk about Gifted. I love Gifted. (laughs) So for those of you who do not know, it's an X-Men show on Fox right now. And oh my God, if you're a longtime listener, you know that I am a crier. (laughs) And let me tell you that I am crying of envy almost every five minutes that I'm watching this show. I want to be on this show so bad. And 
I mean, obviously I'm not an actor, <laughs> but to be part of something like this, it, it's it really cool. I really like the special effects. I think that they don't really look cheap or throw away. Um, I really am enjoying what they're doing with the show. So the X-Men are gone. Um, they like to remind us every chance they get that the X-Men are gone. But this is an interesting show. I'm enjoying it. Um, I'm enjoying what they're doing with with uh this is revolving around a Strucker family. Um, I'm not exactly sure how they're related related to uh Reverend Strucker, but um this is the Strucker family. Um and anyway, so I'm really enjoying what they're doing with the mother character. She isn't a mutant, but uh it's kind of using the mutant metaphor to show how someone is seeing the prejudice against prejudice against uh mutants and using her privilege to help albeit she's getting uh she's got to be kind of incognito about it um but she's also becoming this caring mother figure to this group of mutants and you know like when i say that she's using her privilege to help like she's using her her privilege of being human to like kind of go out into the world and yeah she's kind of being hunted down at the same time but she's able to like you know when she needs to to help them with like medicine or whatever like that she can like go out there and and acquire this stuff for them and um kind of try to be an advocate you know she's talking to her family outside of the mutants uh and and being like you know these are people and you know they they are born like this and it's kind of like you know the whole comparison to being gay and stuff like that and and you know she wasn't always 100% for mutants they were just kind of there and she was like I guess they're fine but now that her children are mutants she's like oh I need to be in this fight because now it affects me and I am seeing the injustice done to these people and so it's kind of great to see that um, especially in the time that we are in now uh, I'm enjoying the brother sister dynamic between the Strucker kids uh, it feels very natural to me it, it feels like they are very much a brother and sister uh to some, I guess. And um, you don't always see that kind of relationship. I mean, even when you have brother sister relationships on TV, sometimes it feels really forced. But for whatever reason, maybe it's because I'm really liking the show. I don't know, but I'm really buying what their relationship is on the show. Uh, anyway, I think that you guys should definitely check it out. They are doing really, really good stuff um, on this show so far. I've only seen about three or four episodes. I'm not completely caught up, but this show is really good and I'm really enjoying it uh it's better than Inhumans <laughs> I've only seen the one episode I haven't brought myself to actually continue it uh, who knows I probably actually won't I know I said I was going to but I probably won't at this point anyway um speaking of bad shows the CW shows are back <laughs> uh it's more of the same uh so it's really refreshing to have the gifted Supergirl I can't handle Katie McGrath's awful, awful American accent. It's so much worse this season. Um, you guys, I feel like she's not watching her show and like really working on her American accent. But you know what? It's the CW, so it's probably not that bad anyway. Um, oh, there's the cat. He's trying to get out of the room. Uh, I'm going to pause this, but you guys won't hear a pause because I'll just continue uh, recording after I get back. And I'm back. See, I told you, you guys wouldn't even notice. Um, all right, so... Yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, Supergirl, Arrow, Flash, they're all doing the same thing. I'm getting kind of annoyed by them. I think it's because we have all these other shows now that we can kind of turn to. Uh, you know, we have The Gifted. We have all the Netflix stuff. 
We have uh, Shield. Um, I'm actually not even caught up on that, but I think people are really enjoying what they did last season. I'm probably about halfway through that season. Um, but we have more now, and Runaways is coming, and The Punisher is coming, and Cloak and Dagger is coming. Like, there are so many things. We have Preacher. Like, there are so many other things out there that I feel like the CW is really falling behind for me. Um, it was very refreshing to have them on uh, when there was nothing else out there, but they aren't really stepping up their game. I don't feel like every nothing feels like it has consequences on the show ever. I mean, with the flash, they brought him back in the very first episode of the new season. He went away and now he's just back. And it would have been nice to have him gone for like half a season or something, you know, make, have um, Kid Flash take over for a while because Kid Flash was the Flash for a very long time in the comic series. And so, like, make us miss Barry, <laughs> you know? Uh, I don't know. Maybe he he is the main character. He's the, the headliner and everything. And maybe people would have dropped off and they didn't want that. But I don't know. I think they're just, like, it's, it's rare that there are consequences on the show. And now, you know, uh, last season, spoiler alert, um... I forget what they call him, but uh, the the guy, the scientist guy from an alternate universe, um, he died, and that now the other one is back again. Wills Wells, uh, Professor Wells, like now he's back again. Um, so it's kind of like it doesn't matter. Uh, but anyway, and then Arrow, uh, they were like oh, look, maybe Thea died, and then she didn't. She's just in a coma, but then the mother died, and how did everyone get off this island? Like, I don't know. Have they explained that? I'm not completely caught up yet, but, you know, did they explain that? Like, there were explosions and mines everywhere, yet everyone survived, and, like, Thea's just in a coma, and and um, Guardian, not Guardian, is that? Yeah, Guardian, I forget his real name. <laughs> uh, Diggle, he's, like, just got some, like, post- trauma thing going on with his hand like it, it's got nerve damage or something and and he doesn't want to tell anyone about it because you know now he's gonna be the new arrow or whatever uh i don't know it's it's just the shows never feel like there are real consequences however i will tell you that the new supergirl episode um that showed maggie and um i'm really bad with names you guys right now but they showed maggie and the other sister the other danvers sister uh, having a wedding shower and Maggie's father, who ha she hadn't spoken to since she was like 14 years old because, you know, she came out as gay and you know, all that stuff, comes onto the episode and uh, you get to see kind of like a real version of how some people experience coming out uh, to their family. And I th felt like that was a very touching story. So, I mean, that's nice. I think they're really playing up politics <laughs> this season with with this series which is like i already get politics in my real life like let it let it just be less pointed <laughs> on this show uh but anyway i'm complaining so much i'm sorry i'm not i try not to be that kind of show i love everything you guys <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that we have the superheroes on tv i'm just saying uh we've gotten a lot of the same for a few years now and it would be nice to change it up like i was talking about fox you know changing up their genre and stuff i mean obviously i don't think that the shows should change their genres but like you know change it up a little bit give us some actual consequences uh because that's what the comic books do a lot of times obviously they reverse and retcon these consequences all the time but like you know sometimes they let us live with it for a bit Anyway, there is more stuff to talk about. Um, 
the black tra- uh, black trailer the black panther trailer dropped uh last week you guys it looks beautiful <laughs> i am loving the colors um i love how good everyone looks i don't know black panther all that well so i'm not too sure who everyone is and what this story is going to be about it looks like someone from america is coming in to take wakanda's technology maybe Uh, I could be so wrong about that. I'm not very perceptive, apparently. But it looks really good. I'm hoping we get to see Angela Bassett kick some serious ass. I mean, we didn't get her as Storm. You know, she was in the talks to be Storm when the first X-Men film came out. And she's honestly, let's all be serious, the perfect Storm. Uh, yeah, sorry, Halle Berry, but yeah, anyway, you tried and then you didn't try. But <laughs> I'm looking forward to this uh, Black Panther movie. Recently in the comics, it was revealed that Wakanda has a planet somewhere that, you know, they've been occupying. So I'm wondering if that sets something up for the movies to continue to go cosmic with some of their characters. Um, Obviously, Hulk is in uh, in space right now with Thor. And so I'm wondering if if the comics by doing this, you know, the the comics and the movies kind of try to do the same thing a little bit sometimes. Uh, I wonder if the comics doing this would mean that the movies would may take that direction to go a bit more cosmic uh, after after the Avengers films. Um, so anyway, that's uh, that's all I know that Marvel. What, what am I saying? All I know is that Marvel knows what they're doing, and I am kind of all for it right now. You guys, Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman looks hot as fuck, but you know that. Denai Gurira um, looks hot as fuck, but you guys know that. Michael B. Jordan looks hot as fuck. <laughs> they all look so hot as fuck. Angela Bassett is a goddess and is hot as fuck. This movie is, is it's a hot movie, and <laughs> it's going to be amazing, I'm sure. Uh, wow. Okay. That's a lot of stuff. The last thing that I will talk about and just, just to touch it because I don't really know anything about it is that they, uh, apparently cast Zachary Levy for, uh, Shazam, the movie Shazam for DC. He's going to be Shazam. I don't really know Shazam. I don't know anything about him other than he's an injustice character. <laughs> and obviously he has way more, uh, to do with DC than just that. But I don't know much about him. I feel like people are going to be very angry about this. I don't know why, but, you know, everyone's always angry. Uh, but I, I, I'm i fine with Zachary Levy. I don't know anything other than um, his Thor work. And uh, that was very minimal. And, you know, he wasn't entangled. <laughs> so uh, I'm okay with it right now. No, no complaints about that. So if you have a complaint, let me know what that is. Uh, is this just a completely different kind of character than Shazam is? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I guess Shazam is like very buff and Zachary Levy isn't. So he'll just have to, you know, work out real, real hard. Uh, but anyway, if you guys have anything to contribute from what I have talked about this whole entire time, please let me know. Remember, you can always go on the website. There is a comment section there. Uh, Yeah. So anyway, let's get on to the actual portion uh, that I guess you guys are here for. Or maybe, you know, you're here for all of it, which I say thank you. Uh, But anyway, so this week I decided to to release two of my, you know, how I used to record bonus episodes. Um, These I'm releasing in this episode because I thought that they were funny. And trigger warning for Darren because he is crazy, if any of you know him, (laughs) besides the episode that he was on. If you've ever heard him on Awkward Human Survival Guide, you know that he is crazy. So when I ask him on my bonus questions, he is crazy. So uh, just know that that 
that Darren can be offensive sometimes, but you know what? I kind of enjoy his humor and and he is crazy. And if you guys enjoy his humor, <laughs> then continue listening. Uh, but then after that, after Darren Herchig's part, I have Ryan Eliopoulos with his bonus episode that I recorded as well. So those two will be in this episode. And then next episode that we're going to be doing is a Thor uh, review, which will be after November 3rd, which is when it comes out. So yeah, anyway, this episode is with Darren Herchig and Ryan Eliopoulos, me giving them their bonus episodes. Uh, yeah, here it is. Yay. Okay, this should be it now. All right, so Darren, you're doing my bonus episode. This is like the lightning round, but don't go fast. <laughs> Do it at your leisure. It's the leisure lightning round. Okay. <laughs> uh, what was the first comic book that you ever read? Batman Annual Number 10. Oh, wow. How old were you? I was nine or nice. eight. Uh, I think I just turned nine. Why did you, why, who I lo- got that for you? Or like, what happened? I picked it out myself. Uh-huh. The cover, um, I don't know. The cover I thought was Brian Ballin, but it's not. It's actually Alan Moore wrote this. It's so weird. I can't believe I read this as a child. There's this big fame. The big famous story from that annual is Clay Faye. I don't think it's Clay Faye. It's like Clay somebody is in a, an emotional relationship with a mannequin in a department store. And it's written oh. by, it's written by Alan Moore. I did not understand this story as a child. <laughs> I recently, I re, I, not recently, but years later I went back and reread it. And I'm like, Whoa, what is like the first comic books I read was that and the dark Knight returns, uh-huh. uh, which are both definitely for adults. Okay. I mean, I there's a character in dark Knight returns. She has swastikas on her breasts and wow. her butt cheeks. Yes. What year was that? 89, 88, 89. <laughs> oh, it must have been earlier because I read the graphic novel. It's been wow. in print that long, yeah. So it was Batman. It was my because of the Batman movie, and my dad took me to a comic book store, and I picked it out. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, let's move on. <laughs> um, so in, in, in the last episode, you did mention that you are kind of keeping up with some of the X-Men. Are there any other comic books that you're reading, or is it just me? Yes, X-Men? I am also reading Doom Patrol by Gerard Way. Is that a DC thing? DC Young okay. Animal. Because that, that, Grant Morrison wrote the seminal run on Doom Patrol, and Gerard Way is very inspired by that. So yeah, I liked kind of what he was doing. And there's, I'm also reading, um, it's like one-off stuff. And pretty much anything Grant Morrison writes, uh-huh. like, with the exception of Heavy Metal Magazine, I, I'll read like his Wonder Woman Earth One graphic novel is far better than the movie. Um, <laughs> and he's writing another one. And then is there like, you know, occasionally... It's really just if there's a writer I like, or uh, I'll check it out. I think mm-hmm. I was collecting the Wild Storm, also DC, but I don't. It's boring as fuck. Okay, <laughs> so I dropped it. I, I just recently cut back a lot. Yeah, I'm trying to do that right now. I have yeah. 45 books that are wow. That yeah, I, have. I just realized I'm not enjoying most of the stuff. So mm-hmm. I pretty much it's astonishing X Men because I like the villain essentially, uh-huh. and X Men Blue and like Doom Patrol. Nice. That's, I think that's it. Oh, I was reading Transformers versus G.I. Joe. And I know that sounds weird, but the artist, it's all artist driven, is this guy named Tom Scioli. And uh-huh. his stuff is so weird and so amazing. And I intend to pick up um, the new New God series because I like the author, Tom King, who also wrote the Vision limited series, that mm. recent, which I highly recommend. Oh. So it's, it's all, if there's a writer that I like uh-huh. and characters that I like, I'm in. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I have not read Vision, uh, but I do like his daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So now we're going to go into the section where you are a character in a comic book. Okay. So 
You're a character. Would you be a hero, a villain, or morally ambiguous? Oh, I'd absolutely be morally ambiguous. Good. I would also. Um, <laughs> would you have superpowers? I would well, have to. Why else would I? I, I don't want to be in like a fucking Love and Rockets anthology. <laughs> what What would your superpower be? Well, okay. So I thought about this, and this is I'm embarrassed to say this because I hate Deadpool, but I feel like I would want my power to be self awareness of that I'm in a comic oh, book. Oh, okay. So yes. just like that would be your power though. Like what? Well, because originally I had thought. Well, uh, traditionally I always say I would want to have telepathy, uh-huh. so that way I could, um, you know, influence people and get whatever I wanted. Uh-huh. Which would be for good because I'm, I'm I'm inherently a good person, but of course with my moral ambiguity, sometimes I might be selfish and uh-huh. learn a lesson or something, make for an interesting comic book, and then I think, okay, yeah, but that's kind of boring. Like whatever. If I knew that I was in a comic book and I could manipulate it even beyond mm, that, so almost like a reality warping thing, but not so much that. Oh yeah, it's be it's even beyond that uh-huh. because then I could also talk to the reader. Ah. It's like pure, total self-awareness. Okay, I, I that makes complete sense. <laughs> <laughs> Just like knowing you, that makes complete sense. Um, okay, so let let let's. Uh, I would ask this, but I'm not gonna ask this. But kind of maybe. Like, how would you get these powers? Like, how do you come about oh. being self-aware or like having your telepathy or whatever it is? Oh, I would. I would have to be a really bizarre situation. I feel like it would have to be. <sighs> I mean, I feel like it, what would be great is if I found out like some some weird contrivance, like a chemical bath mm-hmm. or a chemical bath. Well, how many DC characters get a chemical bath uh-huh. and become have superpowers? Like, I don't want to be born with it. That's I, that's kind of boring. Okay. Like X Men, it works because of the whole metaphor. But like, I, I feel like I would want some contrivance where like maybe you know. Who so, knows? So somehow, like an accident, something outside something of yourself, super, something super weird. Uh huh. Unless I was like aliens beamed it into my mind, but like, or or maybe like, I don't know. But because there's similar instances where there's like self aware characters in comic books. Like mm-hmm. there's a Grant Morrison in Animal Man. Animal Man meets Grant Morrison. He wrote oh. himself into the comic book, and he becomes self aware, and it drives him insane. <laughs> Wouldn't drive me insane. <laughs> no, you'd have fun with no. that. <laughs> okay. So uh, do you think you would be a solo hero or would you be on a team? Well, I could do it all because I I could be, I would be a solo hero, but there would be a team around me. So you'd have two books. I'd have multiple books. I'd have a a whole fucking franchise. I'd have an imprint. (laughs) Okay, cool. We'll accept that. The X-Men would have nothing on the amount of spinoffs I would have. And they would all star you. Well, naturally. <laughs> or aspects of me, because if, if I can control what I'm in, mm, I can mm-hmm. naturally have all different things. People would be very interested. Uh, okay, and then this one's a, this is a cute little question that I like for me specifically. <laughs> uh, if you were to have a super pet, what kind of creature would it be? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I would want... <sighs> super pet, Jesus. Um... I feel like I would want like one of two things. I would either want an English Mastiff. Mm-hmm. Like, would it just be like a regular oh, English no, Mastiff, or would it be and... like huge, even bigger than what it already is? Or oh, I would be big enough to ride. It would be like my what He Man, whatever that tiger that He Man rides. It would mm-hmm. be like that for okay. me. Okay, <laughs> it would be my like steed. Uh huh. Or I would want like like a a, a stillborn fetus <laughs> that has that has consciousness. <laughs> 
How would it have consciousness if it's stillborn? Just like a fetus, then. No, but that's its power. Like, it died, <laughs> it, it died, but it can only be like a fetus. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to put a trigger warning at the top of <laughs> You asked. Um, okay. I mean, I laughed, and that's okay. Um, all right. So, which comic book artist do you think would give you your definitive look? Oh, God. How dare you? <laughs> it depends on what I would want, would want to look like. I mean, I think there's... I would be one of two people, and it's just because they're my favorite ones, and I know they'd have the versatility to cover all the things. <laughs> would either be J.H. Williams the Third or Frank Quietly. What What do they? Uh, J.H. Williams the Third did one of my absolute favorite comic books, Promethea, mm. uh, by Alan Moore, um, and Frank Quietly, New X Men originally, and he did uh, 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 the Authority mm-hmm. with Mark Miller, and he did some. JLA Earth 2 graphic now he's he's like he's great okay if you don't know him look him up <laughs> uh which writer do you think would write you the best well with this set of powers would be Grant Morrison Grant Morrison okay sure and then the last question and you can go as quickly or slowly as you want what kind of adventures would your character go on oh god they will I think they'd be very they'd have to be very subversive adventures it would it would be really like um you know, I would realize I'm in a comic book and then the comic book took place in some small town and I'd, you know, have, the, there'd be some sort of like rape club or <laughs> just things or like I'd wind up in the Vatican and there'd be a rape club. <laughs> I mean, there already is. Maybe the comic would be, would be called Rape Club. <laughs> nice. Okay. Well, that's beautiful. Thank or you. one of the titles would be Rape Club. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for oh, doing yeah, yeah. my Aloha. Show. Aloha. Uh, for I'll, listeners of Awkward Human Survival Guide, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Go listen to all of the Awkward <laughs> Podcasts now. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, so that was Darren Herchig. Uh, I love me some Darren. Um, I get his humor. Well, I mean, I don't get it, get it, but I love it. <laughs> um, all right, so I hope you guys enjoyed that one. Uh, this w- this next one won't be as crazy. Uh, I think it won't be as offensive. Um, this is going to be Ryan Eliopoulos. Back to answer my bonus questions. Here we go. All right. We're, oh, are we recording? Oh, my. We are. Yay. Okay. So we're back yeah. with Ryan, hey, and this hey. is the the little bonus episode that I like to put out every once in a while. Always. Ryan is here to answer some questions. Okay, so my first question for you, Ryan, is uh, what was your first comic book you ever read? Oh, man, that's tough. Oh, man. So I remember when I was 10 years old, my grandfather, he gave me a Marvel uh, encyclopedia, the Marvel Universe Encyclopedia. And it was this big book. It was from A to Z, every comic book character. And I liked I like comic book characters from um, the X-Men cartoon, Spider-Man cartoon, uh, uh, the X-Men movie that just came out. Uh, so I didn't realize comic books were comic books. Uh-huh. I just thought they were cool superheroes and mm-hmm. video games. Like, I was, I was a kid, right? So I go to a 7-Eleven, and I see a spinner rack of comics. And I'm like, hey, I, see Sp- I know Spider-Man. Where is, Se- 7-Eleven. No, where is this 7-Eleven? Oh, in Texas. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I'm like, I've never seen that area. No, yeah, before. this was no, yeah, this was, uh, yeah, this was, uh, uh, this was years ago when I lived in Texas. But uh, uh, I remember getting a Spider-Man comic. I'm like, man, this is this is cool. This is like a book that I can actually like enjoy. No, I'm just kidding. I love books. But uh, I, I, and I 
I learned comics then and I uh, periodically bought comics here and there, but I didn't really get into comics until I was a teenager, until I was like 15. And I can I, get, I had my permit and I can drive to the comic book store. <laughs> and I was like, this is my Mecca. This is heaven. <laughs> I didn't know all this existed. And then from there, uh, it, it just it just spiraled out of control, like out of control. But it was probably, a, I don't remember which one, but it had to have been a Spider-Man comic or a master of Shang-Chi comic that my grandfather let me borrow. And Shang-Chi is a cool kung fu master. <laughs> that's a dope, that's a dope ass comic. He just did some kung fu motions. Yes, I did. Guys, just so they heard know. it. They heard the wind. I hope they did. Yes. I hope they did. Um, all right. What are you currently reading that you're loving? So my favorite writer right now is Rick Remender. So he's doing Seven to Eternity. He's doing Low. He's doing Black Science. He's doing Dead to Class. Those are all top-notch, A-plus, 100% independent image books. Mm-hmm. I love image books. They're all A lot of them are great. You got to support independent comics or else we're just going to have nothing but tights. And nothing's wrong with tights. <laughs> there is nothing wrong with tights. But we need we need a little bit more than dudes in spandex. Yes, <laughs> I love dudes in spandex. Let's talk about that. So, <laughs> Infamous Iron Man is great. Uh, I'm currently reading Secret Empire, which is an event a lot of people have problems with. I think it's fantastic. Uh-huh. Uh, Black Widow is training Nadia in the Red Room. That's uh-huh. something that is happening. It's she great. Is. Oh, you're reading it? Yeah, <laughs> I am oh, reading yeah. it. <laughs> oh, dude, I picked up issue eight today. I'm so excited to read it. Um, I'm reading that. I'm reading Defenders. I'm reading All New Wolverine. Um, a lot of the DC books are good because of Rebirth. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the Batman, all the Batman books are good. Aquaman's good. Uh, I stopped reading Flash just because I had to. Um, <laughs> it's because money. You know, I can't. When when they double dip every month, when they do double shipping, uh-huh. it, it kills me. I, yeah. I can't buy that many books anymore. Yeah, I'm, I know. I live I'm, in LA. I'm dropping so much money on yeah. comic books. It's ridiculous. Um, let's see. I think that's it. And then I picked up today Dark Knight's Metal, and I read that. I have a question about that. Yes. Um, is that part? I, I hear it's not, but it's got a tie to main continuity or something. It is 100%. Uh, uh, have you read it yet? No. Okay, so. I didn't know what it so, was. No, yeah. So um, this event, it is it is like a culmination of all of DC's uh, history in like one book. Mm. Uh, since since like the New 52 happened in Rebirth, like um, it's been like, a, like a, this is like a callback to like awesome events like Final Crisis or Infinite Crisis, like uh, these big bombastic things. Uh, and it's all about evil Batman from an alternate dimension coming to kill everyone. And I think that's just wicked wild, man. It's gonna mm. be it's gonna be so cool. Okay, so and, this is part of the main. Yeah, absolutely. Situ- okay, yeah. it's Scott Snyder and uh, Greg Capullo who was the the New Fifty Two Batman run. Mm. Uh, it's it's straight up continuity. This is like the big thing happening right now. Nice and it's um, awesome. Yeah, uh, I'm not reading a lot of DC stuff. It's just right now Detective Comics and Batgirl and the Birds of Prey. Now, you- you know what's funny is I think the best book is just the Tom King Batman book. Really? Yeah, the the, the War of Jokes and Riddles is happening right now, dude, and that stuff is fucking awesome. Man. I did read it's that he awesome. just proposed to Catwoman he did. a while ago. A couple, a couple. Uh, is issues that ago. like real? Yeah, it's great. Oh, it's, listen, I, and <laughs> I, yeah, it's awesome, and let me tell you why. Because uh, I've had to explain it to a couple other people because some other people uh, aren't the biggest fans of that. But in this specific Tom King Batman run, his his whole thing is why am I Batman? What's the mm. reason? Like. Uh, he's never been happy. Is uh, he qu- is he, sorry no, to go, interrupt no, you. Yeah, go ahead. Is he questioning that before or after the button? Oh, this is before. Okay, the, the before and during, and in uh, the button actually deals a lot with that mm-hmm. directly, which is a good good, good catch. Yeah. yeah. So, um, <laughs> so the first issue of Batman has him uh, on a plane, on a plane that's about to it's about to uh, uh, crash, right? And uh, Batman's like, you know, I fought aliens, I fought gods, and I'm I'm on a, I'm gonna die trying to stay just save the plane and he's talking to alfred like alfred is this a good death like was all this worth it and obviously he's not gonna die but he thinks he's gonna die mm-hmm. alfred's like sir i'm so proud of you no matter every single accomplishment you've ever done has been worth it don't ever think that 
Uh, and then uh, like a, some superhero comes and saves him. He doesn't die or whatever, right? But the whole the whole thing is like he's a human being with these emotions that he can't control, and he's never been happy. And um, he there's been one person in his life who's come in and out that has only ever brought him real happiness, and it's Selena Kyle. So uh, 25 issues of Selena Kyle coming in and out, him dealing with all this emotional stuff, fighting Bane again uh, in this really epic, like uh, a toe-to-toe battle in Arkham and all this amazing stuff. Uh, and he has like the worst night of his life. And then he calls Selena. He's like, listen, Selena, uh, he, she's in front of him. He's like, listen, Selena, uh, I've never been happy. Uh, I, I said, uh, uh, I would never quit being Batman. It's impossible. Uh, it, once I'm happy, I can quit being Batman, but I'm never going to be happy. So I'm never going to quit being Batman. So I need to be happy. Will you marry me? And I, and it's, just, it's, it broke. It was sweet. I wanted to cry, dude. It was so beautiful. And it's like some, it's like, People have a problem with Batman having like these emotions, but you gotta realize he's not—he's not Superman. He's a human being. <laughs> not, not that Superman doesn't have emotions. <laughs> not that he doesn't have emotions, but like people like to view Batman as a stoic figure, but like he is a person. Uh-huh. And uh, I think it's—it's it's really sweet. And she hasn't said yes yet, so oh. no, it's, that's it's left in the dark. So she could say no. I hope she doesn't. I really hope they get married because I think that's really sweet. Do you think that if he gets married and is quote unquote happy that? Mm-hmm he won't be the Batman anymore? See, because I bring that up because uh, in Flashpoint, Thomas Wayne, Flashpoint, excuse me, and The Button, uh-huh. Thomas Wayne's like, don't be Batman. Right. Yeah. So I I can see like an arc or something where he he thinks about quitting, but he, he's brought back into it. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'll ever quit just because he has, there has to be a Batman. Mm-hmm. Much like an Iron Man, there has to be a Batman. Right. Um, But I'm totally cool. We're going to have a little bat ring. <laughs> have a little bat ring. Yay. Great. <laughs> um, okay. That was a long answer. That's okay. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's yeah. never gone that long before, no, yeah. but it's okay. I like That's it. What she said. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, no, I'm not sorry. You got to live it. You got to own it. <laughs> I hope they heard that. Um, <laughs> uh, is there anything that has not come out yet that you're looking forward to? Um, uh, the Doomsday Clock, which is the the, the big event for mm. the, at the end of the year, which is the the Watchmen stuff right. in DC, and I got a Watchmen tattoo. Like, I, I, oh, wow. I am a big fan of Watchmen. I was really scared incorporating all that stuff into the DC universe the way they're doing it, but they're doing it really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's Jeff Johns and Gary Frank who are the best creative team in at DC Comics. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to that because it's Doctor Manhattan meeting Superman. Mm-hmm. What is that going to be? I have no idea. That's nuts. That's nuts. <laughs> that's like 30 years in the making. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any ties to the Watchmen, but I have been told to read it. So, it's, uh, as someone who who has a tattoo, it's it's, it's, it's pretty all right. It's all right. It's pretty okay. <laughs> all right. So, I feel like all the nerds have thought about this in the past or in the current. Um. So, I'm gonna start asking you questions about you being in a comic book. Yeah. Yay. Oh all right. So, you're in a comic book, Ryan. Sure. You. Uh, would you be a hero, a villain, or morally ambiguous? <laughs> If I'm being 100% honest, like, do I have, like, superpowers? Or, like, what's that? You can decide that. I'm this a good, is I'm, your book. I am a, I'm a very good person, almost to a fault. Uh, so I, I would say, uh, like, when I see people get, like, when I see people crying, it makes me cry. So, like, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm definitely not going to be a bad guy. Uh, I would definitely be a hero. If but I, wouldn't that be awesome if you were that kind of a bad guy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> God, I'd be the, that'd be the worst. <laughs> Who would pick that book up? <laughs> That's like, dude, there was a book uh, called X-Men, Worst X-Men Ever. Oh. And it was about a, a, the boy, a boy, and his ability is he explodes, but he can only do it once. Oh. So he is literally, the, he's the worst X-Men. So he's at the X school going through the training, but he can't do anything because if he does it, he'll die and that's it. How does he know that that's it, his power? It's, just, it's like a, uh, like a, uh, like a, they, they have a way of testing your ability. It's like a comic book thing. 
Well, <laughs> like, oh yeah, we can tell you have that's like complex. crazy molecules and you'll explode, but you won't, re- we won't recover. Oh my God. His parents are like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> yeah. j- sorry, son. Yeah. So yeah, I don't want that power. <laughs> Good. Well, uh, what powers would you have if you had any? Man, I would love to fly. That's super generic. But like, I feel if you were like, if you were a telepath, that's like, that's way too much to deal with. Like, really? Yeah, man. You have like thousands oh, of people. Oh, telepath. Screw- yes. Yeah. Like dealing with like all the things in your brain. Like I see what Professor X dealt with and Logan. <laughs> no, thanks, man. <laughs> all right so ability to fly okay um do you have any kind of like special way you got them you're born with them what what happened Ooh. what happened oh my father <laughs> was a scientist much like have you ever seen the movie the fly with jeff goldblum yes so my dad's working on a on a port <laughs> oh, no. he's working on a portal <laughs> and i was playing i was on my i was on a skateboard and i and i was going too fast and i fell off the skateboard into the portal and then a bird flew in the portal <laughs> And then we accidentally fused, and I got beautiful wings like an angel. Nice. But I'm just called Pigeon. (laughs) (laughs) And I got a gross beak. Imagine the character Angel, but, like, way uglier. Okay, okay. It's a comedy book. Yeah, uh, that's fine. We'll (laughs) accept that. Um, Okay, do you think you'd be a solo hero, or would you be on a team? Nah, I'd be part of the Birds of Prey. Oh, (laughs) Okay. <laughs> all right. So you're in a DC comic. Um. All right. This this I love this question because I love animals. If you had a super pet, what would it be? A creature, animal, whatever. It would be. A, it would be a super tortoise. A tortoise. And it, yeah. And it would be. It, it wouldn't be super fast. It would just be pretty fast. So okay. in turtle terms, he's like the Flash, right. but like he runs like thirty. It's like thirty miles an hour. And is he like a uh, like a tiny little turtle? No, he's one that of those big ass your, like two hundred like year old one, like snapping, okay. snapping. Oh. He has one gold tooth. <laughs> I don't think they have teeth, do they? I'll, he, this one does. <laughs> okay, that's fun. I implanted uh, it. Uh, okay, so who, which comic book artist do you think would give you your definitive look? Oh man, that's a good one. Um, I'm gonna say. One of my favorite artists, Sean Murphy, who did Chrononauts and Punk Rock Jesus. Uh, his his work is very gritty, very detailed, a lot of line work. Uh-huh. Um, and since I'm going to be having a lot of wings, <laughs> a lot of wing action, I want every wing detailed. Like sometimes when people draw Captain America, they draw like every scale. Mm-hmm. And that like that's why those books are always late for Captain America because some people draw scales all the time. Uh, so I want <laughs> I want my book to be three months late because they draw <laughs> thousands of wings in every panel. Uh-huh. Just for a year. Four, eight, only four, yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, which writer do you think would write you the best? Oh, uh, I'm, I, it would be Rick Remender because I'm secretly, uh, uh, like, uh, not secretly, but uh, I do with a lot of emotional problems like a lot of young people do. <laughs> and that guy writes uh, depression and angst and, like, punk rockism, like, better than anyone. Okay. Uh, and I think he can capture that flavor real well. And what does he write? What would uh, people know Deadly him? Class. Uh, uh, oh, black, right, right. The science. image stuff. Yeah, yes. All the image stuff. Um, okay. And then... Final question, and then and then you're free. Oh, um, <laughs> describe a story or or something that your character might go through. Okay. Oh man. All right. So, uh, I didn't actually join the Birds of Prey. That was a joke. I actually oh, joined. That's too bad. I actually joined uh, the Harpies of America. <laughs> Okay. And I'm very self-conscious about my wingspan mm. because it's much smaller than oh. all the other all the other harpies of, of America, right? Uh-huh. And uh, and uh, and Hawk Song, who's the leader, has this beautiful wingspan, and she just always makes fun of me. She's like, "Hey, pigeon, go back to the park." She's the Regina George of the group. She, oh yeah. Oh man. <laughs> it's, uh, get in, loser. We're going bird shopping. Uh-huh. 
Uh, no, seed shopping. Seed shopping. You're right. There you go. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Uh, yeah, but Hawk Song is a real bitch. So there you go. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, thank you. But, no, thank you. Yay. So that was Ryan Eliopoulos. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Oh, these men, they're both lovely in their own respective ways. <laughs> um, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Episode. Oh, well, that... Okay, that was rude, Rocco. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause to take his toy away for just another few minutes while I end this episode. And I'm back, so you didn't even notice anything. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so yeah, that was this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I will be back, like I said, next time to do the Thor review. And uh, yeah, so in the meantime, you guys, do me a give me a solid go on to that itunes and and rate and review uh it helps out the show tremendously you guys don't even know uh <laughs> no it does it helps out the show it's really quick to do too uh you don't have to say much just say like hey this is a show and then be done you know how cool is that uh yeah so anyway go on to all the places review rate share and do whatever you want if you guys have any comments or anything for uh what we discussed on this episode what i discussed on this episode i talked a lot um yeah go ahead and and drop me a line you can catch me specifically at le richard c on twitter on instagram um I'm on Facebook. Try to find me. It's really hard to <laughs> because there are a lot of Richard Cardenas out there and they're all doing much better things than I am. Some of them are doctors and I'm like just sitting here, you know, wasting away doing a podcast for you. <laughs> all right. So, yeah. Also, you can go to the website interviewanerd.com. Uh, there's also the 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 Twitters. That's interviewanerd. Um, actually the website might be interviewacomicnerd.com. Uh, I always forget. I am never going to remember this. You guys, you can drop me emails on there. There's a contact me page there that you can just drop an email. I will receive that. It's totally private. Uh, except I think it asks for your email in return so I can reply somewhere. Right. <laughs> but no one else will see it. If you, if you don't want anyone else to, there are a lot of more episodes coming out. Hey, I've got my web series out. It's going, it's going, it's not gone because there's so much more to be to be had. Uh, cocktail movie recaps. Check that out if you want to see a never been kissed recap done by me and while intoxicated, or if you want to see John Bring recap Batman. Also this week, uh, in a few hours actually after I drop this episode. Uh, I'll be releasing Lindsay Bring, which you heard on the Penguins vs. Uh, Possums pod episode. <laughs> you'll you'll be able to see her recapping Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors, which is a great recap, I have to say. Um, so check that show out on YouTube. And uh, yeah, that's it, you guys. You, you did it. We did it together. This is another episode uh, uh, into the bucket. What do they say? What, another episode? <laughs> that was unexpected but i'm gonna just keep it there <laughs> all right uh oh my recommendations so it is the time of halloween and so i have a few a couple scary spookies to recommend um all right so the first thing that i'm going to recommend i just saw this this year even though it came out i think in like 2014 but the babadook all right so 
I loved this film. It's such a great metaphor for mental illness. And uh, yeah, you guys should definitely check that out if you have not done so. It is in English for whatever reason. I thought this was like, I know it's technically a foreign film because it's Australian, but um, I thought it was like a, a foreign film, different language type of film. And so I was like, I don't want to be reading no subtitles for my horror movies. But you know what? It's not. It's in English and you guys will be able to understand it. <laughs> so definitely check that out if you have not done so. And if you have, let's discuss. Tell me what you guys think about it. I absolutely loved it. Um, then the other thing I'm going to um, recommend is the Amityville Horror. This is the original one, the one that came out in 1979. This I just recently saw last week because I was like, you know what? I should I should binge some horror series. And which one should I do? The Amityville the Amityville series because guess what? There are 18 films. I'm not going to get through these before Halloween. Halloween for me is in like 3 days. There's no way I'm going to be able to watch 17 more films. Not going to happen, but I'll watch maybe one or two. Anyway, I recommend this one as well. It's really scary. Like there aren't like too many things that, 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 um, like there aren't very many deaths or anything like that, but I don't know. Just like put yourself in, in this time and put yourself in this, this just like situation. It's really actually pretty scary. I really enjoyed this one. And uh, James Brolin, like, even though he gets real nasty, uh, throughout the film like he's real hot you guys um no joke uh so check out that 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 just mane of hair uh which is basically being redundant calling it a mane of hair <laughs> so anyway that's my other recommendation and then i do have one final one which is a podcast that i just recently caught on to uh it's called comadres y comics this is three latina women um talking all about comics and you know what they have some vast ass knowledge of comics and um it's really cool i like listening to what they got to say they review a beer on the episode they talk about you know the news what's happening and then they they usually will go into a trade which is either the creative team um has someone in the latin you know x community uh re uh either writing or illustrating or, you know, colors or whatever, or the, the, the comic book focuses on a Latin character or even just a female character. So, uh, it's actually a refreshing comic, uh, book podcast to listen to for me because I have actually been looking for some diversity <laughs> in my comic book podcast listening because there's a lot of white men talking about comic books, which is, it's not wrong or anything, but you know, you, you often get the same opinions. <laughs> so, uh, it's definitely worth a listen to if you're looking for something a little bit different. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's the episode. That's all I got for you. Um, so yeah, until next time, uh, stay lovely, be kind to one another, and I will talk to you guys on the next one. Bye.